You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Life is full of amazing moments. Some make you laugh, some make you cry, and some are just downright brutal. I'm Rachel Burchett, and this is my Brutal Life. Hey, welcome podcast listeners, and welcome to another episode of My Brutal Life. And I have with me my co-host, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting ready. (laughs) It didn't go anywhere. The beep's still here, Dolly. (laughs) Mr. J.G. Jeremy Griffin. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Good. I've been ranting all day. You have, but you know, even in your rants, I gain so much insight and knowledge. Oh, wow. You know, it's like iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And sometimes sparks will fly and you can learn from those sparks. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially when they burn you. They do. (laughs) (laughs) They do. Do. I got so impatient the other day. I was working on a project and I I needed the right tool. And there's going to be some lesson in this. Mm -hmm. I needed a scroll saw and I didn't have a scroll saw. And for those of you who don't know what a scroll saw is, it doesn't really matter. It's the tool I needed. So what I used to say was a jigsaw, which is basically on a scroll saw, it's the same kind of function, except on a jigsaw, you're moving the saw. On a scroll saw, you're moving the wood. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I made a mess of what I was trying to cut because it's pretty intricate and Mm -hmm. that's what makes it harder to do with the jigsaw. Anyway, but I learned something. Well, (laughs) you know, it's funny because I just said this on... um, Rick Fry's podcast out of the man box. That's on the stream. Grace Inside Network. the man box. In, oh yeah. Cause I said it's going to be called outside of the outside woman of, box. That's right. Cause I was the first woman outside of the, yeah. Outside of the woman box. First woman on his podcast. But I said almost that exact same statement. I said, I may not like the process, but mm. I will learn to love it. Right. And uh, Lori came back around and said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, I don't like the process, but I love learning. Mm. I don't may not like the experience that I'm, having to deal with or the moment that I have, but I, on the other side, I'm going to love that I walked through it and I didn't quit. Right. And I gained knowledge and I, okay, well don't do that. Yeah. You know, I don't love driving <clears throat> through Missouri, but I sure do love what's on the other side of it. Uh, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. So you didn't like the process, but you learned to love it. Right. But I have been off the grid for a little bit. Yeah. This is like your first recording in two months, two months, yeah. two months. And that little, hiatus or sabbatical or all I called it off the grid was unintentional mm-hmm. but extremely important yeah I didn't know it I actually didn't intend to go off the grid I got done with um I think it was Kathy Tony's podcast and uh had a couple booked and they just canceled now the way I book my guests on my podcast up to this point has been Kind of just when God highlights somebody, mm-hmm. I'll reach out and we'll book them. And um, so the one or two I had after Kathy, I thought that was the same way. And then they weird things happen and they end up canceling. And, and then I tried to book another and I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to, it just kind of stopped and kind of got in, kind of went into this off the grid. Like I stopped social media. I stopped, like I was on, but I wasn't posting there as much. I wasn't, um, publicly out there as much. And I was like, okay, this is weird. God, like nobody was being highlighted to be on the podcast. And I thought, what is going on? I mean, I don't want that to go away, but okay. I'm just kind of in this, this little resting, Mm -hmm. you know, 
zone and God began to open up different parts of my life that I just began to be able to get a lot of, a lot of time to and lots of um, neat things happen. But I, w- I didn't realize how much I was out there with my world and I got was getting texts from different wonderful people saying, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Is everything okay? And different Marco Polos from, you know, when's your next podcast coming out? And I'm going, hey God, you, like <laughs> paying attention to this? You know, like, and um, you even text, because we didn't even have the conversation. Yeah. It just kind of like, you know, went into this, these still waters and, and That was text. summer break, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> isn't this how you end one season and start another? Right. Um, are you okay? Hey, Rach, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I just kind of went off the grid for a little bit, unintentionally off the grid. And um, Well, and it's easy for me to get lost in that because of the different things I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like. I just kind of look up one day going, wow, we haven't done a podcast in a while. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm doing, I mean, on average, I'm doing more Probably than one a day. Probably 10 a day, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. 10 a yeah. week or whatever. But my my world now um, is very, very, very much following the heart of God and following mm-hmm. the voice of my father. And if you've listened to any of my back podcasts, I talk a lot about this prophetic word that was given to me on my birthday. And I, I've had several prophetic words given to me at the first of the year that are uh, like addendums to. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was really about this podcast. I don't know if I talked about it on My Beautiful Life, but I know I talked about it on your Conversations podcast. Right. And the prophetic word starts by saying, um, you know, the silence isn't because we don't know what to say because we had sat for about a minute and 43 seconds in silence while Mm. these beautiful women were listening to God's heart for me. And sometimes when you're in that moment, a minute and 43 seconds can be very awkward, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and as I'm sitting there, you know, I could sense this warmth and, you know, I was very comfortable in it. And, she says, you know, the silence isn't because we don't know what to say. It's because he's letting you be in the spotlight. You're mm-hmm. standing in the spotlight, you know, get used to the spotlight. And uh, as the year rocked along, I God really showed me that this podcast was the spotlight. Well, um, at the next part of that prophetic word, uh, she says, um, you come off the you've you've there's applaud you've bowed you come off the stage and you're in the green room and you're just standing there and there's a beautiful beautiful bouquet of roses and you're just standing there and looking at them and um so I I know these prophetic words very very well and um so I am in this off I'm off the grid and I'm going God what is going on and he he brings this prophetic word and he says you're in the green room right now mm. and i'm like okay okay a green room you and i know what a green room is and a green room is basically i don't sh- have one at this studio yeah, but, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were speaking somewhere mm-hmm. or if you were on a show or, you know a green room is basically where you go and you get refreshed and um there's things in there that you enjoy and you get peanut M and M's, roses. I guess right, would be for mine. you, yeah. And um, uh, until you go back out again, and I th- I thought, okay, okay, I'm in the green room, and 
while I was off the grid, there were some very specific things that happened. You know, some roses did show up in my world, and right. that was fun. And um, so I kept thinking, okay, God, you know, am I going back out? Am I, am I going? Because I love the podcast. And I didn't beg and didn't ask, and I just thought, I'll feel it. And kind of at the end of July, I thought people started being highlighted again. Mm. People started being highlighted again. And do you know, like, we tried to do this one. Yeah. At the end of Kathy's, you know, right. uh, we were texting back and forth and I was like, I feel like I need to do one where it's just me and you and I'm kind of telling my story all over again. And then that day it was like, no, I don't feel like I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, then the fun thing about today is I had one booked mm-hmm. and for whatever reasons she had to, we had to reschedule her. So I texted Jeremy and I went, we're going with it. Yeah. It's me and you today. I think there's some things that I feel like Holy Spirit, I don't know where we're going to go, but I feel like Holy Spirit is going to let it unfold. And so I I think what I've learned is the importance of going off the grid, mm. yeah. really going off the grid and what, what that did to me. I don't, I didn't really realize how much I was out there until I came off and how much, brain space it took how much energy it took how much thought it took but i love it i love every bit of it i loved everything i was doing but didn't realize how much extra it was pulling on me right even though i know it's my destiny so even though you know you're supposed to be doing something there's a time and a place there's a balance step away there's a real Mm -hmm. balance to it i think what's underestimated about um podcasting and i'd like you to speak to this if you don't mind is um, a lot of times when people get into this, like if they come on my show, um, any one of the ones like conversations or even redux or whatever, um, they get very vulnerable Mm -hmm. and there's a fatigue attached mm -hmm. to vulnerability. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like you start sharing your hearts. It's like, if you go to therapy, you know, the first three or four sessions you leave and you're, you're really wore out emotionally exhausted and you don't physically exhausted. Right. Mm -hmm. And it kind of doesn't make sense (laughs) to you, but on the other hand, I mean, it kind of does make Mm -hmm. sense. And I think what happens, you know, my observation with a lot of podcasters, it's not just unique to you is when they start doing their show, if it's a good show. And I say that kind of categorically, maybe, I don't know. I, I I call a good show, a a show where people are very vulnerable about who they are. Yeah. And maybe that just means I like it. But <laughs> when you're that way uh, and you're, you're doing 12 episodes, <laughs> it, by the time you get to that, you're like, okay, wow. Like I'm, whew. I'm worn out. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, cause I've had those moments, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a bunch of different little things as a co-host or even on my own show or, or guests. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big thing. And, and what I, f- I had to find a rhythm mm-hmm. that, that works for me in terms of just, a balance to um, other things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens is it sneaks up on you and next thing you know, you're like, whoa. Like yeah. I told you today, I need to take a week off. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what that looks like, but yeah. it doesn't need to be a, an extravagant thing. It just needs to be a week away. Yeah, well, even in being off the grid, I took a few days and, and went away and I hadn't done that in years. But you are absolutely right. Vulnerability it it really drains you of emotional energy and in my world not only was i doing the podcast but i do sidebar counseling mm-hmm. like like one-on-one counseling and then i do therapy so and then i'm a mom 
Right. And, and and then I have multiple friends that I love just pouring into and talking to and and I didn't realize how much it was pulling on me but I love it. Right. It's also where I That's get That's what's confusing sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. also where I get energized is cuz I love seeing people have those aha moments and find the wounds in their heart and allow Holy Spirit to heal them. I love being a part of that. I love walking long distances with people as they're coming out of their, you know, hard season and but not realizing how much that's pulling on me. Mm-hmm. But even in all that still doing self-care, still trying to, you know, enjoy life and go and do things, but um it is I had a client the other day and um, he said, man, all this emotional healing is just, it's just, it makes me tired. And I said, it will, it mm-hmm. will make you very, very tired. And, and a lot of times I don't communicate that to my clients cause I just forget, but right. I've had m- many say, man, I was just tired the next day. And I said, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> your body is pulling all that energy to heal that wound. And you don't realize how much you're doing. And so, but so even as somebody who's a conduit to that, it, you're still walking through that with them. You still have to pull away and get refreshed. And and that's why even when you're sitting in my chair, as far as getting your hair done, a lot of people will go, I'm just so relaxed. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, getting your hair done by proxy is relaxing. <laughs> right. yeah. But number two, there's vulnerability there. They're, they're for whatever reason, I'm graced to have the platform of vulnerability and it then in turn even makes them more relaxed and so um i got very grateful for the hiatus and coming off the grid and feeling and coming back this time going there's things planned but it's open for shifting and morphing and and moving forward but yeah i i i don't know if i was ever a one to hold the banner of uh, sabbaticals or yeah but yeah i highly recommend it uh, yeah i i definitely am too and i think there's a responsibility on them mm-hmm. as, that i think can get missed when you fall into a sabbatical like you know you talked about kind of accidentally doing it mm-hmm. i've said that before when i 2010 i i took an accidental sabbatical kind of for similar similar scenario I remember that. yeah i mm-hmm. mean and and the thing is like I fully intended to go back to like I was working at a church and I fully intended to go back to working at a church. In fact, kind of was actively looking, but I found myself disenchanted with virtually every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this isn't good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. even if I go somewhere, like I had an opportunity that kind of started to present itself in Iowa. And I thought, man, there was, it was very appealing. The idea of just leaving the state. I've always been in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, um, I thought, man, I don't know. Let's get out of here, you yeah, know. Yeah. But, but on the other side of that coin, one of the things that I knew is, you know, when working in a church is like you go interview and and it's like a first date. I mean, I know how to say the right things, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, and so do they, you yes. know. So I'm like, well, we're not going to know until I'm six months in, and by then everything's too late, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's knowing in the natural, like that's why you got to really seek the Lord on those mm-hmm. things. But even for me at that time, that was definitely not my process of thought right because to me i'm like hey i'm doing ministry that's good i mean who would have thought i should ask god where he wants me to do ministry right. i mean i think now it's so <laughs> stupid from when i say that but like seriously at the time i thought well you know yeah. does it really matter but 
but I think in that whole process, the intentionality of a sabbatical and the work that's done on it, it you know, there's a phrase in Hebrews that I, I love, enter to, or work, effort to enter his rest. Or Hebrews 4.11. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's like you're working to, to rest. rest. Right. Fight to rest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that there's something very much to that in a, 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 a intentional sabbatical is because for, for me, because I took another one, um, I, I will argue that I'm still on, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I really focused on is working to rest. Mm-hmm. And that's still, I say I'm still on it because yeah. that's still in the forefront right. of what I effort to right. do. Right. Well, even being on this off the grid, I it was kind of confusing because this is probably one of the main things that I enjoy, mm-hmm. but it was also the main thing that put me in the spotlight. Right, and so when I came out of it, it the resting wasn't like I was laying in bed resting. Mm-hmm. My mind was resting from having to prepare schedule because right. I schedule hair people all the time. Right, so I was working two schedules, you know. But one of the cool things that God did on this off the grid moment was I had prayed in 2018 to meet people from my past. Do you remember that? We've talked about that. You being one of those people from my past and doing life with them and how a lot of the people that I have met from my past have been or reconnected with. I still somewhat have a open conversation with them, Mm -hmm. but in 2019, in fact, it was January 10th, 2019, I had asked God that I wanted to meet this one specific person. It was the only person I specifically called out. Mm-hmm. It was a woman. And she had gone to the church years ago. And I wanted to meet her because she was very strategic in my world from a distance, meaning I learned from her from a distance. I didn't have relationship with mm-hmm. her. I might have had a little bit of interaction with her. But in the church in the early 90s, she was just out there. She was a progressive thinker. She was edgy. She was about my age now when Mm. I saw her then. And she spoke on a Wednesday night, which was weird and out of the box to let women speak. But she spoke on a Wednesday night. And I don't remember what she taught on. But she, she was teaching on reading the word. And she said, I just told God, I just don't like reading your word. Mm. And I rem- I remember thinking, you can say that to Jesus? <laughs> but what went to seed in my heart was the authenticity and the language and the verbiage she had with God. I didn't have that sentence then, but I had it, but I know what I was hearing. So I had journaled on January 10th, 2019, to meet this specific woman. And I said, I said, I wanted to meet, and I called her by name, and I wanted to honor her for what she placed in my life. And I wanted to meet her at a time that we weren't rushed. And I want to get to know her as this woman, you know, and I had some other things in there. Okay, so there's that story. So I took a, we took a few days and went to Branson, and I'm coming home, and I had some, stuff I had to do with the tag agency and I had to get a title and all this stuff and I was dreading it I got the title several months back and I went to get it 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 switched over and uh, something came up and I just was like oh and I went home and I put it on my desk and I just let it sit there and then I had to it came to where both tags needed to be replaced and so I'm coming home from Branson and I said okay when I get home I'm going to do the tags and I'm going to get this title and it was going to be on a Monday and I didn't have to work and I didn't know how long it was going to take. 
And so I said, I'm going to go to the gym at nine o'clock and then I'm going to be at the tag agency by, you know, 10, 30, 11, and then have the rest of the day to, you know, do whatever you need to do after coming home from vacation. So I get up Monday morning and I had three unexpected phone calls. Each took at least an hour, maybe an hour, hour and 45. Wow. Yeah. And so by that time, I didn't get out of the house until almost 11, 11, 15. So I thought, I got the rest of the day. It's fine. So I go to the tag agency in uh, Choctaw. And on 23rd, I walk in and they don't accept credit cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, dang. <laughs> so I go to the tag agency in Nakoma Park and I go up to the door and it says closed for lunch till one. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Which is kind of fun and old school, but yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, <laughs> why are you waiting around here till one? Right. So I messaged a friend and I said, where did you make your appointment for your real ID? And they said, I made it at um, Choctaw Tag Agency South. And I mm. thought, well, I don't know where that's at. And so I looked it up. So I go 29th Street and walk in and the guy says, hey, what do you what do you need to do? And I said, two, two, two tags and a title. And he went, well, our whole system's down. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally went, well, golly gee. Okay, well, hmm. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> right. It kind of begs so, the question, like, what are you doing then? Yeah, what am I doing? I mean, so I get in the car and I message my friend. I'm like, you're not gonna believe this. This is the third tag agency. Tag agency. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. And they were like, well, yeah, maybe not. And But there was something in me that was like, no, I need to do this today. I looked at my book. I was booked the rest of the week. And mm. I thought, I just feel like I need to do this today. So I put in my NAVs, um, Midwest City Tag Agency. And I thought, I'm getting out of Choctaw. Yeah. I'm going to go to Midwest City Tag Agency. I thought, it was taking to me the, me, I thought it was taking me to the one on Douglas. And it took me to Air Depot. And it had me turn right on Air Depot. And I'm going, where are we going? I mean, what are we doing? It takes me to the corner of Reno and Air Depot. And by a pawn shop is literally a place called the Midwest City Tag Agency. Right. I've lived in Choctaw, Midwest City for 11 years. I've never seen this place. Mm-hmm. So I go in and I'm thinking, okay, if they can't do this, I'm not doing this today. Yeah. So I walk in, the guy's behind the desk. How can I help you? Title, two tags. Great. Okay, he's being trained on titles. She's this little girl's being trained on tags. I'm like, I don't care. I'm getting this done. You can get it done. I'm right. getting this done. So um, I'm waiting there, and I'm fine. You know, again, I don't necessarily like the journey, but I'm going to love the end. Right. So it takes about 20 minutes. We get it all done, and I think, thank you guys, really appreciate it. Turn around, and the woman I had journaled to meet, mm. and. 2019 was right behind me. Wow. And I looked at her and I went, and I called her by name and I went, and she looks at me and I said, it's Rachel Burchett. And and I said, I have prayed and asked God for this moment. Mm. I have journaled about this moment. I have been, this is the fourth tech agency I have been to. Yeah. And she just grabs my face and she puts her hands on my face and she says, oh, sweetheart, you need to take my number. And I went, Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. And so, and we kind of had a little exchange and she gives me her number and I'm, I'm driving home and I'm like, I, I, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe that just happened. That just happened. Okay, God, please let me find that journal entry. 
where is that journal entry? And of course, I've moved since I've journaled that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I hope it's not in like Brian and Krista's barn, where half of my stuff <laughs> is, and my other stuff in April's attic, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, God, please let me find it. So I go home and I'm like scanning, scanning, scanning journals and looking through them. And I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit. And I go to my bookshelf that's in my living room and I open it up and I'm just like scanning. And you have to remember, I have tons of journals. Yeah. And I happen to pick one up and I'm just looking and I found it Mm. and that's how i knew it was january 10th 2019 and it happened exactly the way Mm. i wanted it and what i and so then i messaged her and we made plans for lunch and it was a beautiful exchange and then we're going out again this Mm. friday me and another friend that i've met from the past and i don't know what god's doing i don't know what god's doing but i know he's up to something but it all happened while i was off the grid Mm mm-hmm and when I was off the grid, I had that, I don't care. I'm not in any hurry. Right. Today's the day. When I reflected back, the tag agencies didn't feel like roadblocks. Mm-hmm. They felt more like bumpers. Mm. The phone calls didn't feel like roadblocks. I was just giving my time because mm-hmm. I did. I had the time. Right. I had all day to get that done. So I wasn't rushed and stressed. So when I met her, it's off the grid i got to thinking that is the that is why i think sometimes god does lead us to just sit back and rest just sit back you may not like the journey but you're gonna love what i have for you in the end and so when i met with her at lunch i took her that journal entry and read read to her what i had written and it was probably one of the almost surreal like one of those lunches that i sat there and got and thought i don't even know if i'm going to remember all this because sometimes i sit I, and i said to her i said sometimes do you, i sit here and think am i making this all up am i making this all up and, and she's like i've done the same thing and she said i finally got to now she's like in her 70s and she said and i just got to where i thought nope I'm just that special <laughs> to, <laughs> to her father, you know, and she is still to this day, you know, in her seventies, thanks a lot like we think. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that it, I had to have been like 17 mm. or 18 when she said that to me and, or said that behind the pulpit that day. And all these years later, all these years later and 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 she's off the grid i'm like she's completely off the grid i tried to look her up mm. i tried to find her that's the only way you're going to get her is by seeing her at a tag agency absolutely who would have thought? well that's the normal place uh, i mean that's where everybody exactly meets, right? and she said oh i come to this tag agency when i need stuff done and i'm like i've <laughs> never come to this tag agency to get anything done yeah and so in the off the grid made me step back and realize that one god's got things you're going to love on the other side of that i'm a i'm a busy person mm-hmm. and i enjoy like i said i enjoyed the podcast but god just wanted me to like you said labor to rest give myself breath and mind space cuz he's got a gift for me in that moment yeah. you know did you find uh i was thinking back uh, kind of in hindsight, <clears throat> uh, your first podcast, like as a guest, was with me. Mm-hmm. 
a long time ago. It was in November 11th. <laughs> November 11th. That's right. 2020. So, um, and th- so we had that one and then we had two follow-ups. Yeah. Is there anything about those podcasts that you would do differently now that you have been doing podcasting and have had the sabbatical break or, or no? Yeah, I think there would be, um, I've gone back and listened to those. And mm-hmm. of course, one, nerves are just yes. radiating. Yeah, everybody's first podcast. I always tell people, yeah. especially when they're starting off, it's like, don't tell people you got a podcast yet. Wait till you have five episodes. Yes, I totally <laughs> believe that. But, um, you know, I think really owning my story for me Mm. like we talked about they're my convictions right there's things that i learned in that story that i did completely wrong Mm. and or my that that story my story your story and things that i've even grown from that girl Mm. because my life has shifted and changed so fast so fast but um i don't know i some of the diamonds I get out of that is the question you asked me at the end of, Mm. I forget which one is if I could go back and talk to the people on the Titanic, Mm -hmm. you know, I've gone back and listened to that multiple times. Um, cause it's still, I still hear God in that because, because it's still alive. Right. I'm still meeting people from the Titanic, but, um, yeah, I'd probably just, um, own my story a little, clear right does that make sense yeah totally well i think that's the thing you know most people what i find is when a person comes on a podcast they especially the first couple times they don't know what they can and can't say Mm -hmm. they know not to cuss on our shows (laughs) it depends darling and even then we hit the button yeah (laughs) but um but I think more importantly, it's like, okay, what, is it okay to say this or that? Like I had somebody on the other day who didn't want to say the name of a business. And I'm like, well, I mean, it, it's part of the story. <laughs> like yeah. you just said, Midwest it's City Tag Agency. Yeah. It just, it is what it is, yeah. you know? Um, and so I think there's a lot of that that people have to filter mm-hmm. through. And, and so, so much, um, I, what I don't like for people, this is the weird thing about podcasting. Um, I'm a hundred percent okay with it mm-hmm. <laughs> personally, but I don't like for others, the uh, finality of a podcast. I mean, yeah. when you say it and you record it and you post it, it's there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said before, I don't remember if this was on air or off cause we've talked, we talk a lot. Um, but I don't believe today what I believed 20 years ago yeah. and I won't believe the same thing 20 years from now. Right. So, you know, and there's a, there's a gradient to that. That's not just 20 years from now. That could be next week. Right. You know, my opinions shift and change with new information, not unlike science should. Right. Science doesn't change, but our understanding thereof does. Right. right. And, um, and so I think that that's a challenge for people. Cause if you go back and you listen to something that, I mean, my first podcast was recorded almost a year ago mm-hmm. or maybe a year ago, um, on the network. And I'm, sure you know it was a story based one as other people's stories but there's lots of things about it i would do differently oh yeah we just finished the podcast workshop and probably thank you very well you were a part of it so it may get there was like i would say 80 percent of it um are things that i'm still also getting comfortable with like mm-hmm. the concepts we've we shared mm-hmm. they're concepts that are good and right i don't do them right every time right um i try to mm-hmm. but you know there's also so so there's always just practicals like just misspeaking yeah well just misspeaking and then some sometimes when you're on this side 
when you're when you haven't hit record there's this untangible wall that's down right and things are flowing and the uh vulnerability is even deeper but the moment you hit record there's, yeah there's this automatic guard that goes up and it that's normal i think yeah totally i think is. that's completely normal but to dovetail on what you said about there's things i would have done different or stories i would have laid out a little differently mm. um, only because that guards up and you're trying to figure out right the storyline and am I putting the emphasis on the right person or am mm. I is has it shifted to a different person and in the moment you don't you, you know, know I know yeah. but the the listener may be getting it yeah. twisted I say this to my I used to say it to my mom all the time I don't say it now because context but I used to say you have the benefit of your thought process mm -hmm. I don't have that right, right. <laughs> so right you know I think that that's a communication in that way when this is the thing about vulnerability um, and that, that comes a little bit back to, to my role as a host or in this mm -hmm. show, your role as a host is, you know, when you're, when something's not clear mm -hmm. is that we help clear it up. Right. And I think what's challenging is, you know, and I've said this before, the more a person knows somebody, the harder it is for them to do a good job of that because mm -hmm. they already know the story. Yes. So mm -hmm. for them, it is clear. Yeah. Even when it may be unclear to the listener. Yeah. And so I think, um, that's a challenge. And again, um, like in your first podcast with me, we're talking about pretty sensitive stuff as far as people who may know the, mm -hmm. the people. Yeah. Now the point of any of these things are to help people in general. And mm -hmm. so I think, you know, the, the context of humanizing people that are in ministry, right. um, that was for me, that was the bigger point. And a lot of the listeners on my, uh, what the time it was called the spiritually wounded podcast. Now the Redux church mm -hmm. podcast, um, those listeners are not people who are in the know. Right. They're not. And so. I, I had, I had, um, of course, you know, when you're in the spotlight and, you know, we've talked about the difference between spotlight and fishbowl. And, right. and when I was in ministry in the church world, I called it what was taught to me as the fishbowl. Right. Now I'm in the spotlight. And so, cause you're in the spotlight and everybody hears what you say, like you said, they don't have the privilege of knowing my thoughts, mm -hmm. nor did they have the, uh, life that I lived. Right. Right. And so, totally you know somebody made a comment back to me that somebody had said well she's she's um defaming mm. uh the or defaming was one sentence and and not honoring the my father-in-law was yeah. basically what it was and and i want to clear that up and say as absolutely not true right it's absolutely not true i adored the man i loved him dearly and um he was i was his favorite <laughs> blonde <laughs> right and um uh, he and I were a lot alike, mm -hmm. and I think he was a wonderful, wonderful uh, man and pastor and leader. Um, but that that person also didn't live my life. Well, sure, you know. So yeah. I, they have one picture of what um, they saw, mm -hmm. but then that's the reality with any family everywhere with every right. family we talked about it today you think i'm a strict parent i don't exactly <laughs> I, I would, 20 yeah. years ago i thought you were a strict parent right. now i'd say you're strategic right and probably should have done more what you did because i see now i did damage too <laughs> well we've all done we, right. we've screwed them up and we've blessed them too i know i remember telling telling my kids <laughs> when you go to therapy it's okay to blame me well, i get it <laughs> i've told my kids somewhere <laughs> Two years, eight years, ten years down the road, you're going to need therapy. Right. You're going to need 
to talk it out. But, you know, uh, my heart, and the other thing is, is if you know me, you know my character. Right. You know, and, and everybody, when you are on a mic, behind a mic, on a pulpit, or just even this mic, things are going to be taken a thousand different ways because oh, yeah. I don't know how many listeners I have, but it's going to land different ways. However, if you know me, mm-hmm. the the longevity of my character, and if something sets in you wrong, you have the first thing you have to go was that's def- that's I know that's not her heart, mm-hmm. and I know that's not her character, and so is it possible that I'm hearing that wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and then and you know the converse take can be it to true. God. Who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. I have people in my life who want to think the best of me, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I say something that dis- that, that uh, challenges their paradigm, mm-hmm. they will have a tendency to reword it back to me, like right then, oh no, I get it, you're saying, and then reword mm-hmm. it to me in a way that fits their paradigm. Mm-hmm. It is 100% inaccurate with what mm-hmm. I'm communicating, and I say, no, no, I mean it exactly the worst way that you could possibly receive it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's just easier to do that. Yeah. It's like probably not the worst, right. but, but you know, it's one of those things like, no, don't like we can talk about the, the difference between what you think and I think, mm-hmm. and we should. Mm-hmm. The reason I lay out what I think with other people is not to get them to think like me, yeah. but I often say, help me see where I'm wrong. So good. Right? Like, absolutely. if I'm not honest about telling you where I'm at, mm-hmm. then you're never even going to be able to, to say, well, here's why I think you're wrong. I want, I learned this secret a long time ago. If you want to be right all the time, admit when you're wrong. I can't admit when I'm wrong. If you haven't shown me where I'm wrong. wrong. Yeah. I mean, I can, but that right. would be fake to who I right. am. And if you have people around you that are always telling you you're right. Yeah. Those aren't good friends. No. And, mm-hmm. and again, I think even when it, they want to it's just, it's about it's for them even it's it's scary if because for me I, I tend to be um a spiritual guide for people I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. a I, understand I don't know that. how to word that but I understand that mm-hmm. uh, people look up to me and look to me for spiritual advice and uh and perspective and whatever and so <laughs> it's very disheartening for them if they feel like something key to their belief system mm-hmm. is not something I I agree with agree with yeah. or or is key to me right and I understand that too, but I think it goes back to ultimately, if I'm doing my job as a spiritual mentor, my position should never affect them. Mm-hmm. And so I want to teach people, so you good. hear the voice of God for yourself, for yourself and I will hear for myself and we will live together in harmony, not because I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa, Gosh, that's so good. or because you have to believe like me. Um, I do think there are base convictions that are that are very clear and evident. There's no question we never should kill somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. unless you know if we can avoid it, like murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things that we can all agree on. Stealing is not good, right. you know. I mean, right. so uh, stealing to save your family from death. Okay, well that's a moral. So you're dilemma. kind of talk about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of living in that space. But I think again, uh, or even more simply, the the two great commands from Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. to love one another and love, love ourselves. Mm-hmm. In doing so, yeah, I'm going to probably get on your case if I feel like what you're doing is harming you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's interesting because my brother and I just had this conversation because he's kind of he's always got something spiritual you know mulling over in his head and he she said i'm kind of on the ten commandments mm. and it's it when he said that i said it i'm i'm kind of on the fruit of the spirit yeah so there's ten commandments and nine fruit of the spirit and how if we have the fruit of the spirit we won't do right. we won't break right. the ten precisely you know the ten are yeah. things don't do the fruit 
is doo doo. Yeah, and I doo doo. <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, that was such in, a five year old joke. Levels though. <laughs> yes. I know. Well, that's yeah. just it. We we do what we see. Like we set our eyes to it. We're going to do that. So if we're focused yeah. on what we shouldn't do, right. we're probably going to do it. Right. If we're focused on what we should do, exactly, we're probably going to do exactly. it. And I told my, I my we sat there. I mean, it was probably a forty five minute conversation about the Ten Commandments. Are things in my if I've done these, it sets up what I call gray matter in my life. It's you know these things if I've coveted or if had any other gods before me or you know you know what they are they've it's it has set up resentment and bitterness and envy and jealous and don't envy your neighbor and all these things but if i get the fruit of the spirit if i start developing the fruit of the spirit which we've been taught are the attributes of christ the personality of jesus if i start radiating those things it will push the gray matter out. I won't do the right. 10. I won't break the 10. But I'm never going to necessarily be perfect in the 10. No. Because we're dysfunctional and we're broken and we've got things we got to work out. But spending my time on going, God, I just want to be rooted and grounded in love. I just want to have joy unspeakable. I want to have peace that passes all understanding. I want to have patience rest right. <laughs> rest i want to i want to be faithful i want to be kind because my kindness leads me your kindness leads me to repentance right. it leads me to change i want to be i want to have meekness i want to be humble i want to have self-control i want those in my life that's enough for me to focus on for a lifetime right for a lifetime and i want to radiate out what i call those are the god colors that mm -hmm. i want coming out of me i don't want the gray matter Mm -hmm. coming out of me i don't want the eeyore colors the right. wah, wah coming out of me <laughs> okay okay <laughs> you know but you can when you get around somebody don't you ever get around somebody and go they are just a joyful person yeah it's annoying <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's like let me be depressed <laughs> and then you get around other people are like they're just like such a Wah, wah. that's me so am i i'm tinkerbell <laughs> in your eeyore <laughs> oh, yeah i kind of i like poo he's a little more of a worrier oh bother, oh, bother. <laughs> he's scratching his belly get the honey <laughs> right no i would be tink tigger and you would be yeah eeyore. you would be tigger oh the wonderful things about tickets tickets are wonderful <laughs> things they bounce you okay this just went weird that's crazy but i say all that to say <laughs> Yes, ticker. If we spent our time focusing on the fruit of the spirit and getting those God colors radiate, radiating mm -hmm. out of us, how we would see people different, we would respond to people. It would not be my job to tell people what's right or wrong. Right. Well, there'd be no, that job wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. It, it, uh, the thing is, here's the crazy part it already doesn't exist. Well, it's, it's not, not my job. our job anyway. It's not my job. Even if people aren't listening to God, even being a spiritual leader and advisor, what you just said, you're right. not telling them right no. and wrong. You're just telling them this is what I think, and they're coming to you for your opinion. So they're giving you permission, right, to say, "Hey, this was I think," but you get to take that, right, and then you get to go to God and say and what He wants right. for your life. And that's the thing. I try to avoid my opinion anyway. It'll get pressed on me a lot. Like, what would you do? What would you? I'm not even telling you what I would do. Mm -mm. Like, no, because what would be right for me? Exactly. I've had people not fit for you because we leave yeah. lead two very different lives. I've had people ask me about how I do different things in ministry. The you know way I do it. Mm -hmm. 
I always tell them, I, I'm, I'm quick to say, I will tell you exactly what I do. And then you'll look at me and go, well, that's it? And I'm going to go, yeah, actually, that's it. And that's why it's not going to work for you, because this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. You do you. Right. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. And everybody's going to be happy, happy. and yeah. living their thing. But the you know? problem is, is you had to go on a journey of discovering your relationship with the Father. Yeah. Not your relationship with the Bible, not your relationship with the church, but your relationship with the Father. And then the Bible, the scriptures, and the they church are addendums. Sure. They're tools right. that aid that, that enhance that. So, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's that telling people right from wrong, we get into a lot of trouble. Sure. When we do that. Well, and like I said, you've got a handful of those uncompromisables, but even those mm -hmm. are not really that necessary. Because, like, okay, great example. When a person wants, like, I get asked specific questions. You know, what do you think about this? Okay, well, first off, if you're asking me nine times out of ten, you're wanting me to validate your paradigm. Yeah. So even if I do, what if I'm wrong? Like, who cares? I'm probably wrong. Yeah. So I can validate your paradigm or you can just ask. But again, if you're asking like some of the big ones that come across my desk, so to speak, are things like homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Where do I land on homosexuality? I'm not gay. Um, so I'm not pro gay cause I'm not gay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I don't think there's a strong scriptural case for homosexuality. I think there's a strong sexual case or sexual scriptural case <laughs> against it. With that said, how, like, if you're asking me, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. If you feel like the father has granted you immunity and, or whatever you want to say, right. and it's good to be gay. Well, what am I going to say to you? That's going to change your mind anyway. And I don't want any part of, I don't you want, see, you know yeah, what I mean? My only responsibility to that person as a, a human somebody right. that i love that because god loves them yes. is to go my opinion does not matter right my, all, all i'm here i'm going to walk through this with you right. i'm not going to leave you i'm going to be here for you it's going to it's you're going to navigate some hard things mm -hmm. but so have i right and you're going to feel rejected by some people but you're also going to be accepted by some people yeah. and your whole world is shifting but right. you're going to i may not like the journey sure. i may not like the exactly. process but i'm going to love the journey i'm going to love right. it and if we're teaching them to hear god's voice and that's it then everything takes care of itself. Everything takes care of itself. I just don't understand why we can't settle into that reality in in christendom mm -hmm. because Again, I mean, dude, who don't I disagree with on something? My goodness, the cl the person who agrees with me the most is my wife, and if that's the case, come on, because like we her, disagree a lot. Did you like her hair, by the way? I did like her hair. Oh, she does that that tiger. I, I call privilege. it the tiger stripe. Ooh, or something. I got the privilege of running my fingers in all those red luscious locks. Yeah, and she looks stunning. Yeah, it's so. pretty awesome. You did good. Well. I am so grateful to be back, so grateful to be off the grid, and grateful to be back here with you, Mr. JG, yeah, and my podcast listeners. And if you have not subscribed to My Brutiful Life, I highly recommend you do share, and then log on to Stream Grace Network for all of the podcasts that are on the network. You will enjoy every one of them. I'm Rachel Burchett, and we'll see you soon. Love ya.